there's an old Hasidic story about a rabbi and his son, his first son, is about to get married. Well, the mayor finds out about this and he's a strong politician and he's, he's got a great idea. He says to the rabbi, he goes, this is, a, this is a very big deal for our town. It's a big deal for the entire community. Here's what I think we should do. In the center of town, in the town square, I'm going to put a huge barrel. And I'll, I'll kick it off. I'll tell everybody this is what we're doing. And I'll go there with my best bottle of wine. It's not going to be Charles Shaw. It's going to be something top shelf here. And he's going to climb this ladder, and he's going to pour in this Opus 1. So he announces this. People think it's a great idea. The entire town comes to see. He climbs up. He pours his bottle in. And within the next hour, there is a line of people that are coming from their homes, climbing the ladder, and pouring into this barrel. And as the week goes on, because the wedding was two weeks away, the barrel gets bigger and bigger, and it starts to swell. And then finally the day of the wedding comes. They smash the glass, they yell a big mazel tov. The mayor of the town, he goes out, and he knows this is going to be a big party. Because for two weeks they've been filling this barrel. And he goes up to the tap on the keg, and he breaks the tap, and he puts his glass underneath, and water comes out. Nothing but water. And it was right then when he realized in the entire town which gas, that each person had been climbing up that ladder saying, eh, I'm just going to pour some water in here. The other guy will put in the good wine. No one's going to notice if I just put water in. Now this story, it captures much what is happening this week in our Jewish calendar. And the story, it seems to be focusing on the rabbi's son, or maybe on the mayor. And that's where all of our focus is, the entire story. But it was actually never about the mayor or about the rabbi's son. It was always about the people. Were they going to bring their full selves to this barrel? The celebration, it was not created by the bride and the groom. It's only created by the community. This week in the Jewish calendar, it's hammering this point home to us in three separate acts. Because it's not about the mayor, it's not about the rabbi, but it's about the community. Act one, this week's Parsha. Moses is standing in what today is Jordan looking across at the Promised Lands and the banks of the Jordan River, gazing at this land. This land he had dreamt about and he had talked about his entire life. And as he gazes longingly at this land, and he's about to continue his final speech to the Israelites right before he dies. And he begins by explaining the tragedy that is about to befall him. The tragedy that he cannot go in this land, this land that he's always dreamt of. And he says to the people, I implored God to let me see this promised land, but God was angry with me because of you. He cannot go in the land, not because of himself, but because of the people. The power to enter the promised land, it does not lie within Moses, but it lies within the people. Now I imagine that 
After he said this, he looked down, and then he sighed in silence. And the silence, I would imagine, came over the people, because they've been journeying with him for nearly their whole lives. And then the reality set in for him, that maybe there was actually a bigger lesson here than the fact that he just couldn't go into this land, but the miracle that they could. And as this sunk in, he was reminded that this was not actually about him. It was never about him. It was about us. And he takes a breath, and he tells them to keep the mitzvot, and to teach their children, and then to teach their children's children where they come from. And that it's about all of their act- actions collectively that ensures the success of this nation. Not one man, not one woman, but the collective. And then he pauses again and his face falls because like a bolt of lightning he's hit in the heart and he realizes that eventually a generation's going to come that won't listen to this speech or these words and a generation that will come that will be corrupt, that may not take responsibility but may blame the people in positions of power versus realizing that they are the collective force. And when that time comes, he warns them, you shall not long endure in the land, but be utterly wiped out. God will scatter you among the nations and you will be left few in number among the nations to which God will lead you. The warning that Moses whispers to us through this week's Parsha is just that. It's a warning to all of us. What brought us into the land of Israel, what brought us to redemption, it was a collective effort. But when we forget that we're part of something bigger, it's then when we will be wiped out. Act 2. Monday night. Tisha B'Av. The ninth of Av. It's the saddest day in all of Judaism. The day we remember the destruction of the first and the second temple. And in 1997, the very first time that I lived in Israel, I made my way to the Western Wall on the night of Tisha B'Av. And I'm never going to forget the scene that I saw of tens of thousands of people packed across the plaza, sitting on the ground, crying, with tears literally streaming down their faces, reminiscing about the destruction of the temple. And as you stand there and you see the thousands of people at the base of the wall that used to hold up the temple, the imagery is staggering. Nothing's left but a wall. There's no temple. There's just this temple mount. And then it hits you. You've traveled through history. What Moses spoke about on the edge of the Jordan River looking over Israel was about this moment that we're wailing about, the moment we remember the moment when we're wiped out and scattered across the world. And on the surface, you would think that people are crying for the destruction of the temple. And I know that there's some of those who do, mourning what we don't have anymore. But the rabbis, they were quick to explain in the Talmud that the destruction of the temple, it may have come from the hands of the Romans, but in reality, those Romans, they were just a conduit. The cause of its destruction was us, was the way that we were treating each other. Now, some rabbis, they say it was sinat chinam, it was baseless hatred towards one another. Now, I would say if you look at that time period, you see something going on 
and how the people are reacting to the government, to the leaders in charge. The Jews, they're fed up with the priests and the priesthood, and they think they're corrupt. They think there's nepotism. And they're fed up because, and they just eventually throw their hands up and they give up because those people are in charge. And who are we? And it's in this moment, the moment we no longer think that we are the power, but rather that a singular, a singular leader is in charge, is when we cause our own destruction. In the village, it was the people, not the mayor, that ruined the wedding. In the Torah, it's the people, not Moses, who prevents his entering. And according to our rabbis, it's the people, not the government or the priests, who cause its destruction. We're supposed to be lamenting and crying about the destruction of a building when we really should be mourning about how we treated each other and how we got to a point where we thought we were no longer a significant force. When we spend all of our time as a community looking out at what our leaders are doing or not doing, it's at that point when we forget what Moses is whispering to us, that we are the change. We are the leaders. We're the ones we've been looking for. But that's only two acts. And Judaism, it doesn't like to leave a story unfinished. If it's trying to make a point, so there's act three. So the question you have to ask is what is the next holiday after you talk about the destruction and that it's been our fault all along? It's three days from now. It's not Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av. It's Tubav, the 15th of Av. It has been known in Judaism from at least the time of the Mishnah 2,000 years ago as the day of love. It says in Ta'ani chapter 4 that Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel is quoted saying, there was no better or happier days for the people of Israel than the 15th of Av and Yom Kippur. The 15th of Av is our day of love. In Israel, it's considered like the Jewish Valentine's Day. Now, what are we thinking? How could we go from our saddest day to our happiest day? Because the destruction of the temple was when we were not connected. The destruction was when we were looking past each other and only in those seats of seeming power. But Tuba'av is about refocusing our eyes and looking at each other and connecting. The lesson in Judaism has always been that our collective power is what has brought us to our highest heights. And it's when we ignore it or forget it that we fall. We are living in a moment of time where our daily conversations, our hourly discussions, and our news cycle that seemingly changes by the minute is constantly focusing on what is happening over there and what they're doing wrong or what they should be doing different. And in the midst of all of us looking east, we must be careful not to look past each other and to forget from whence we came. Tonight, this week, and on Monday, we're all being whispered to, being reminding us that what we pour into our collective national barrel will determine if that barrel will be full or if that barrel will be empty. No leader, no one person can determine what the rest of us will pour in. That's up to you. It's up to us. 
as it always has been since the time we were standing on the edge of the Jordan River. Shabbat Shalom.